We are here to celebrate Palm Sunday. Amen. This is the first day of the last week of Jesus' life. How would you feel if you knew that this was the last week of your life? And you knew that this week wasn't going to be pleasant. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of what happened with Jesus during this week. When we finish this sermon, we are going to celebrate communion. But this is the week that Jesus had. Sunday was his triumphal entry today. On Sunday, he also cried over the city of Jerusalem. On Monday, he curses the fig, the fig tree and cleanses the temple. Tuesday, we see the fig tree is withered and he confronts the Jewish leaders and he goes to the Mount of Olives. On Wednesday, the Bible has nothing to say about what he did on Wednesday. On Thursday, he is preparing for the Passover. On Friday was his trial, obviously his crucifixion, his death, and burial. On Saturday, Jesus was in the tomb. And Sunday, Jesus was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is one of the few events in the Bible that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. I'm going to read a chronological account of this day. I have a chronological Bible, and if you have one of those, it lists everything in chronological order, not the order that the Bible actually has them in. We'll start at Matthew 21, verse 1. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said, and you'll see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them here. If anyone asks you what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately send them. This was done to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. 9. Tell the people of Israel, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. 
Alégrate, oh pueblo de Sion. Grita de triunfo, oh pueblo de Jerusalén. Mira, tu rey viene hacia ti. Matthew 21 continues. The two disciples did as Jesus said, so they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. Mateo 6:9 sigue, dice, los, los dos discípulos hicieron tal como Jesús le había ordenado. Llevaron al asno y su cría y pusieron sus prendas sobre la cría y Jesús se sentó ahí. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying our colt? And the disciples replied, look, the Lord needs it. Y como les dije, que vieron los they brought the animals to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it most of the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of Jesus and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road he was in the center of the procession and the crowds all around him were shouting la mayoría de la multitud tendió sus prendas sobre el camino delante de él y otros cortaron ramos de árboles y extendieron sobre el camino Jesús estaba en el en el centro de la profesión y toda la gente que lo rodeaba gritaba Praise God for the son of David Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord Praise God in highest heaven Alaben a Dios por el hijo de David Bendiciones al que viene en el nombre del Señor Alaben a Dios Dios de los cielos más altos Luke 19 tells us as they reached the place where the road started down from the Mount of Olives all of his followers began to shout and sing as they were walking along Praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Cuando, cuando llegó a donde comienza la bajada del Monte de los Olivos, todos sus seguidores empezaron a gritar y a cantar mientras alababan a Dios por todos los milagros maravillosos que había visto. Bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Hail to the King of Israel. Bendiciones al Rey que vive en el nombre del Señor. Paz en el cielo y gloria en el cielo más alto. Luke 19 continues. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Algunos de los fariseos estaban entre la multitud y decían, Maestro, reprende a estos seguidores por decir cosas como esas. Y Jesús respondió, Si ellos se callaran, las piedras a lo largo del camino se pondrían a clamar. Back to Matthew 21, the entire city of Jerusalem was stirred as he entered. Who is this, they asked, and the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Regresando a Mateos, 21, 10 al 11, dice, Toda la ciudad de Jerusalén estaba abarrotada. A medida que Jesús entraba, se preguntaban, ¿Quién es este? Y la multitud contestaba, es Jesús, el profeta de Nazaret, de Galilea. But as they came closer to Jerusalem and, saw, and Jesus saw the city ahead, he began to cry. I wish that even today you would find the way of peace. En Lucas 19, 41, 44, al acercarse a Jerusalén, Jesús vio la ciudad delante de él y comenzó a llorar, diciendo, ¿Cómo quisiera que hoy tú, entre todo el pueblo, entiendas el camino de paz? And finally, John 12 says, Those in the crowd who had seen Jesus call Lazarus back to life were telling others all about it. This was the main reason so many, so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this mighty miracle. Then the Pharisees said to each other, We've lost. Look, the whole world has gone after him. En San Juan 12, del 17 al 19, dice, Muchos de la multitud habían estado presentes cuando Jesús llamó a Lázaro de la tumba y lo resucitó de los, de los muertos, y se lo habían contado a otros. Por eso, tantos salieron a recibir a, sus, a Jesús porque habían oído de esa señal milagrosa. Entonces los fariseos se dijeron entre sí, Ya no hay nada que podamos hacer. Miren, todo el mundo va tras él. Praise the Lord for his word. Amen. Amen.
Previously, now we'll break it, we'll go those, through those verse by verse to see what's happening in Jesus' life. Now, previously, Jesus had a private dinner with his closest friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. John 12, 1 through 2 says, Six days after the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. San Juan 12, 1 al 2 dice, Seis días antes, antes de la Pascua, vino Jesús a Betania, donde estaba Lázaro, el que había estado muerto, y a quien había resucitado entre los muertos. And the raising of Lazarus was the beginning, the official start that the Jewish leaders planned to kill him. Y desde la resurrección de Lázaro, los líderes judíos habían oficialmente comenzado el plan de matarle. John 11:45 says, Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus had done, put their faith in him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. And then 11.53 says, So from that day on they plotted to take his life. San Juan 11.45-47 Por lo tanto, muchos de los judíos que habían venido a visitar a María y habían visto lo que Jesús hizo, confiaron en él. Pero algunos fueron a los fariseos y le dijeron lo que Jesús había hecho. Luego los sacerdotes principales y los fariseos convocaron una reunión en el concilio. In San Juan 11:53, así que desde ese día planearon quitarle la vida. You ever wonder why, when you talk to people about Christ and you may explain miracles to them, they don't understand? ¿Ustedes han puesto a pensar que a veces usted le dice los milagros a personas para que crean en Dios y a veces no entienden? They saw Jesus raise somebody from the dead. Vieron a Jesús levantar a alguien de entre los muertos. And not only did they not believe it, they wanted to kill him. The Bible tells us that the enemy has blinded the minds of those who don't believe so they can't understand the truth. When we pray for folks, when we pray for our 21 and 21, we need to pray that God removes those blinders. So we're going to start looking at each of these verse by verse. Matthew 21 verses 1 and 2 say, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. Entonces vemos en Mateo 21, del 1 al 2, dice, Cuando se acercaron a Jerusalén y llegaron a Bejabed, en el monte de los olivos, Jesús envió dos discípulos, diciéndole, Ir a la aldea que está frente a vosotros, y luego hallaréis una asna atada y un pollino con ella, desatarla y traérmela. Jesus knew how this week was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He knew how it was going to transpire. So he made arrangements in advance for this donkey and colt to be ready. The Bible tells us that word was out that anyone who knew Jesus and anyone who had supported him was supposed to confess it to the priests or otherwise they would be excommunicated. 
Porque cualquiera que hablara de Cristo sería excomulado. John 11:57 says, Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had public an, publicly announced that anyone seeing Jesus must report him immediately so they could arrest him. En San Juan 11:57 dice, Mientras tanto, los principales sacerdotes y fariseos habían anunciado públicamente que cualquiera que viera a Jesús debía denunciarlo inmediatamente para que pudiera apedrearlo. Since Jesus knew what was happening and he knew folks would get in trouble for, for being with him, he arranged in, in advance for the donkey to be ready. Now, today we think of a donkey as a lowly animal, right? We think of him differently than we think of a horse. We think of a horse more majestic, a donkey more lowly, and a burden carrying animal. Ahora en el mundo, pensamos que un burro es como un animal común, no es comparado como un caballo, que un caballo es fuerte, un burro es un burro. Don't have donkeys, I don't know. No tengo burro, así que no sé. 1 Kings 1.44 says the king had sent him with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and Pelathites, and they have put him on a king's mule. En 1 Reyes 1.44, el rey ha enviado con él a Zadok, el sacerdote, Natán el profeta, y a Benaniah, hijo de Joiada, los hereteos y los peleteos, y lo han puesto en el asna del rey. Judges 5.10 says, You who ride on fine donkeys and sit on fancy saddle blankets. Donkeys symbolized royalty. Donkeys also symbolize peace, whereas war, uh, horses symbolize war. Los burros um, simbolizaban paz y los caballos simbolizaban guerra. The Bible refers to the 12 horsemen of the apocalypse. Y la Biblia habla en Apocalipsis sobre los 12 jinetes en caballo. And it talks about the horses of color in Revelation. Y habla de los, de los caballos de colores. So Jesus is riding in on a symbol of peace and a symbol of royalty. Así que Jesús se dirigía hacia la ciudad en un símbolo de paz y de realeza. Jesus knew what he was doing by riding on the donkey. He was trying to get people's attention. By using the donkey, he and people understood that he was now finally addressing himself as king and royalty and the prince of peace. Jesús sabía lo que estaba haciendo montando en un burrito. Así se daban cuenta las personas que el que montaba el rubo el burro iba a ser alguien que era de la realeza, un rey. So now word had getting out that people knew that he was coming to Jerusalem. John 12, 12 says, the next day the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Entonces la gente comenzó a darse cuenta que Jesús venía y esto dice en San Juan 12, 12, al día siguiente la gran multitud que había venido para la fiesta escuchó que Jesús estaba en camino a Jerusalén. This was the only time in his public ministry that he wanted and he accepted public displays of affection that were, that were focused on him. Every other miracle he did, he would tell people, don't tell anybody about it. 
But now, John 12, 13 says, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. En San Juan 12, 13 dice, tomaron ramas de palma y salieron a, a verlo, gritando, Hosanna, bendito sea el que viene en el nombre del Señor, bendito sea el rey de Israel. So why now? Why all of a sudden is Jesus accepting praise and wanting people to do this to him or for him? Entonces, ¿por qué ahora? ¿Por qué Jesús estaba haciendo esto y por qué ahora? The first thing, he was fulfilling the prophecy that was written about him in Zechariah 9.9. Primero estaba cumpliendo la profecía escrita sobre él en Zacarías 9.9. Matthew 21.4 says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle, riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Entonces lee en Mateo 21, del 4 al 5. Todo esto aconteció para que se cumpliese lo dicho por el profeta cuando dijo, Decir a la hija de Sion, he aquí tu rey viene a ti, manso y sentado sobre un asna, sobre un pollino, hijo de animal de carga. Anyone ever try to ride an unbroken donkey? ¿A usted ha tratado de montarse en un burro que no ha sido mansado? Or an unbroken horse? A wild horse? O un caballo salvaje? A friend of mine back home used to raise horses for ra- or train horses for racing. Tenía un amigo de donde soy que creía que crió y entrenó caballos. And he would tell you it's almost impossible to ride a horse or a donkey that's never been ridden. Y él me decía que era imposible agarrar un caballo sin haberlo amansado primero. Had another friend back home who trained horses for barrel racing. Without training, they would never be able to ride these animals. The way that the donkey was perfectly calm and allowed Jesus to ride him indicates that Jesus had power over the animals as well as the waves. La forma en que el burro estaba perfectamente tranquilo mientras Jesús cabalgaba en él demuestra que Jesús tenía el poder sobre los animales y sobre también el mar. Although I don't know if he had power over today's rain. Así que no sabía si hoy todavía tenía controlado la lluvia de este día. The mother of the colt was beside the colt to help her. It still showed Jesus' power over animals. Y aunque la... La mamá del asno, del pollino, estaba a la par de él, pero todavía se demuestra que Jesús tenía el poder. Remember when Jesus calmed the storm? Matthew 8, 27. The men were amazed and asked what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. Recuerda cuando Jesús calmaba las tormentas? En Mateo 8, 27. Y los hombres se maravillaron diciendo, ¿qué hombre es este? Que aún los vientos y el mar obedecen. So he's proceeding in the town. Who is there to meet him. Entonces él está yendo hacia la ciudad de Jerusalén. ¿Quiénes están ahí para encontrarle? The crowd consisted of three groups. Matthew 21:10 says when Jesus entered the city the whole city was stirred and asked, "Who is this?" The crowds answered, "This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee." Estaban tres multitudes formadas, eran tres grupos, y en Mateo 21:10 al 11 dice, "Cuando Jesús entró en Jerusalén, Toda la ciudad, toda la ciudad agitada y preguntó, ¿Quién es? Y la multitud respondieron, este es Jesús, el profeta Nazaret en Galilea. So there's three different groups of people in this big crowd. 
Entonces, como les repito, son, eran tres grupos que formaban en esta multitud. The first group was the Passover visitors from outside of Judea. Los primer grupo era los visitantes de Pascua de afuera de Judea. John 12, 12. The next day that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A huge crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, bless the, bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Entonces, los visitantes de afuera de, que venían de afuera de Judea, en San Juan 12, 12, 12, 13, se dice, el siguiente día, grandes multitudes que habían venido a la fiesta al oír a Jesús venía a Jerusalén, tomaron ramas de palmeras y salieron a recibirle. Clamaban, Osana, bendito el que viene en el nombre del Señor, el Rey de Israel. That was the first group. Ese fue el primer grupo. The second group were the people who witnessed the raising of Lazarus, John 12, 17. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. El segundo grupo fue la gente que había sido testigo de la resurrección de Lázaro. En San Juan 12, 17, dice, Ahora la multitud que estaba con él, cuando llamó a Lázaro desde la tumba, lo resultó entre los muertos, siguió difundiendo mucha palabra a mucha gente, porque habían oído que habían hecho este gran milagro, salieron a conocerlo. Those are the first two. The third group is the religious leaders that were there who sought to kill him. Y el tercer grupo era los líderes religiosos que intentaron matarlo. John 12, 19. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the world has gone after him. En San Juan 12, 19 dice, Así que los fariseos se dijeron entre sí, ¿Ves? Esto no nos lleva a ninguna parte. Mira como todo el mundo ha ido tras él. By him riding in a donkey in a processional and people throwing their coats in front of him, he was doing exactly what a king would do when he was victorious in battle. Al montar un bar, un burro, en, en un procesional y hacer que la gente ponga sus mantos frente a él, estaba haciendo básicamente lo que un rey haría. He was announcing to the world that he was in fact a king. De hecho, estaba anunciando a la multitud, al mundo, que él era el rey. Of all the three groups, each of the groups had a different response to that announcement. Entre todos estos tres grupos, cada uno tuvo diferentes respuestas sobre esto. I used to think that the same group that shouted praise him was the same group that shouted crucify him. But that's not true. Solía pensar que estas personas que gritaban Osana también gritaban crucifíquelo, pero estaba equivocado. You have the Galilean Jews They were the ones who supported him and followed him. They were the ones laying branches down for him. They were the ones that were shouting Hosanna. They were his committed followers. In that same group, you have Judean and Jerusalem Jews. They were the ones who were actually going to shout later, crucify him. They thought that if he rode in as a king, he was going to overthrow the Roman government. But when they realized that that was not his plan, that he was not going to do that, they, uh, they left. And I, and I thought about that for a moment. I'm sorry. Estaban los, los de Judea y los, de, y los judíos de Jerusalén fueron los que más tarde gritaban crucificarlo. Pensaron como el rey, pensaron que él era el rey y que vendría a ponerse al gobierno romano. Y cuando no lo hizo... Se cambiaron de opinión. Estos son los que cuando Dios 
hace las cosas como cuando Dios no hace las cosas como creen se van. The first group followed him no matter what. El primer grupo lo siguió no importando. The second group followed him only when they thought he was going to do things for them. Y el segundo grupo solo lo siguió cuando ellos pensaban que él iba a hacer cosas para ellos. And the minute that he didn't answer their prayer, they left. Y el minuto que y cuando se dieron cuenta que él, él no estaba haciendo lo que ellos querían, lo dejaron. Which group are we in? ¿En qué grupo estás? If God says no to our prayer, do we say, okay, then forget it? Si Dios dice no a nuestras oraciones, ¿qué hacemos? Nos olvidamos y nos vamos. Or do we follow him regardless of what he's doing? Then the third group, you have the Jewish leaders. And what happened was they saw that their power base was eroding. If he was going to be the king, the people would follow after him and not them. Y el tercer grupo eran los líderes judíos que vieron que su base de poder se venía abajo. Y si Jesús era el rey, entonces la gente le iba a seguir a ellos, a él y no a ellos. Luke 19:39 says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. En Lucas 19, 39, 40, dice, Entonces algunos de los fariseos de entre la multitud le dijeron, Maestro, reprenda a tus discípulos. Él respondió y le dijo, Os digo que si estos caen, las piedras hablarían. John 12, 19, so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Even as all this was happening, people were following him, but they weren't really sure, they didn't understand what all was going on, even though they were kind of trusting in Christ. Como todo eso estaba sucediendo, la gente todavía no entendía realmente lo que estaba pasando. O se suponía que pasaría de esta manera. John 12, 16 says, At first his disciples did not understand this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. En San Juan 12, 16 nos damos cuenta que estas cosas no las entendieron sus discípulos al principio. Pero cuando Jesús fue glorificado, entonces se acordaron de que estas cosas estaban escritas acerca de él y que así se había hecho. This tells us that this account, what we're reading here, was written years after the event actually took place. Entonces esto nos deja entender que estos evangelios habían hecho escrito años después del evento que había pasado. As it was happening, they didn't understand it. Only later did they see what God was doing. Cuando iba pasando... Ellos no entendían mucho hasta años después. How many when you follow Christ, you don't quite understand what's going on at this moment? ¿Cuántos estamos siguiendo a Dios y realmente no entendemos lo que está pasando ahorita? But only later on do you see where God was working. Si no, hasta más después te vas a dar cuenta de lo que Dios estaba trabajando en tu vida. For the ones who followed him, they really thought he was going to be triumphant and they thought he was going to be victorious. Para los que le seguían, en ese momento pensaban que él iba a salir triunfador y que iba a salir victorioso. But as time went on, pero cuando pasaba el tiempo, and Jesus started to get persecuted and tortured, they did not understand it. Y cuando vieron que Jesús era perseguido y que le iban a crucificar, no entendían. 
They didn't understand what was going on right at that moment. No But later, when they saw things happening, después, pasaban, they, they, they could tell that what was happening now was God working. How many of us sometimes think that something bad is happening to us right now? We don't understand it. But later, God shows us how he was actually ministering to us during that difficult time. As an unbeliever, I did not understand anything about the gospel. I didn't understand anything happening in church or with other Christians. No entendía lo que pasaba en la iglesia o en los creyentes de la iglesia. But once I got saved, the light bulb went off. Pero una vez hice, me salvé, acepté a Dios, como que una luz encendió en mi mente. I understood. Y comencé a entender todo. You may not understand everything that's happening right now in your life or in the church or in this country, but in the future you will see where God was working. Quizás no entiendas lo que está pasando ahorita en tu vida o lo que está pasando en tu trabajo, pero en un futuro te darás cuenta que todo estaba trabajando con Dios. I'm going to focus on this next event a little bit. You know, we, we know the procession went to town, but we kind of focus on that and we miss some of the other things that were going on. Two of the Gospels record this event, not all four. Vamos a concentrarnos en estos eventos que solo dos de los evangelios se concentraron. Mark 11, 11 says, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. En Marcos 11, 11 nos dice, Jesús entró a Jerusalén y fue al templo. Miró todo a su alrededor, pero ya que era tarde, se fue a Betania con los 12. So you get the picture that Jesus walks up to the temple and just stands there and looks at it. Entonces, pongan en su mente la imagen de Dios Jesús en el templo y solo para estar parado ahí. Do you ever just look at something and think about it for a while? ¿Alguna vez has detenido y, y solo has pensado en algo por un momento? The example I thought of was when your little kids are sleeping. You ever just look in their room to watch them sleep? El ejemplo que he tenido es cuando miras a tus niños que están dormidos y te quedas viéndolo por un momento. What do you think about when you're watching your little kids sleep? Do you think about what they're going to be like tomorrow or next year or when they're an adult? You think about all these things. Maybe you think to yourself how much you enjoy them now but one day they'll be gone, be grown and gone. Quizá lo más difícil es pensar que tarde o temprano van a, van a crecer y se van a tener que hacer sus vidas y se irán de su casa. I kind of think that's what Jesus was doing when he's looking at the temple. Y creo que esa es la manera que Jesús cuando se paró en el templo pensó sobre todo eso. Luke 19.41 says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. En Lucas 19.41 nos muestra este evento mientras se acercaba a Jerusalén y veía la ciudad, lloró sobre ella. Why do you think he was crying? ¿Por qué crees que estaba llorando? 
The Bible tells us in Luke 19, if you, he's, this is Jesus speaking, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. The days will come when, you enter, when, when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Y la Biblia Biblia no lo dice. Que dice que en Lucas 19, 42 al 44 dice que Jesús dijo cuando yo lo, ¿cómo quisiera que hoy supieras lo que este, lo que te puede traer paz? Pero, pero eso ahora está oculto a tus ojos. Te, te sobrevendrán días en que tus enemigos levantarán un muro y te rodearán y te encerrarán por todos lados. Te derribarán a ti y a tus hijos dentro de tus murallas. No dejarán ni una piedra sobre otra porque no reconociste el tiempo en que Dios vino a salvarte. Jesus knew that the city and the people in the city that he was sent to, to love and to bless, those are the same people rejecting him. Y Jesús lo sabía que a pesar del amor que le daba la gente y las bendiciones y los milagros, esa misma gente lo iba a rechazar. And he knew what that meant for them. Y eso él sabía lo que eso significaba. He knew what would happen to them and he was crying because he knew what was going to happen. Y esa es la razón del por qué él lloró, porque él sabía lo que iba a pasar a esa gente. Only the second time Jesus cried, the first time was with Lazarus. Y esa es la segunda vez que Jesús lloró, la primera fue con Lázaro. Everywhere he looked, he looked, he had reason to cry. Y creo que cada lado que él miraba tenía motivos para llorar. When he looked back, he saw all the wasted chances that the Jews had for blessing and believing. Cuando miró hacia atrás, me imagino que vio todas las posibilidades desperdiciadas que los, que los judíos tenían por bendición. You ever look back at your life and wish you could change something? ¿Alguna vez ha mirado hacia atrás a tu vida y desear cambiado son, a, algo, haber cambiado algo? Do you wish you can go back and think things that might have been wasted in your life? Y ver algunas cosas que desperdició en ese momento. Wish you could do it again? Y volver a ese momento y tratar de volver a hacer cosas nuevas. God had given them so many chances and they ignored everyone. Dios le había dado tantas oportunidades a ellos y ellos la ignoraban casi todas. How many of you parents with teenagers have warned them, have warned them over and over and over and yet they don't listen to you? ¿Cuántas veces le has dicho una y otra y otra y otra vez a tus adolescentes y no te hacen caso? Your dad raised his hand. <laughs> God had given them every chance. God gives everyone a chance. We don't want to waste it. And look back later and regret. I got saved when I was 30. I wish I can go back and get saved earlier. Because that, that time was kind of wasted that God could have been using me. If Jesus looked at the present, he cried because he saw the hardness of the people's hearts at that particular moment. He performed all those miracles 
raised Lazarus from the dead, and yet people still did not believe. Él hizo tantos milagros, tantas cosas por cada uno de ellos, y aún así lo rechazaron. There was a lot of religious activity, but no spiritual growth or change. Había mucha cosa religiosa, pero no había una, un crecimiento espiritual. There's a lot of churches and a lot of religious activity going on all over the place. But a lot of it is not accomplishing anything for eternity. How many have had people say to them that they are spiritual? People can be spiritual and not be Christian. How many know? They can go through a lot of motions, they can do a lot of religious activity, but they are not, they do not know Christ. Do we know people that no matter how many times God has blessed them, that God has taken care of them, that God has even, they've experienced miracles, and they still don't believe. ¿Cuántos conocemos gente que no importa cuántas veces Dios ha hecho milagros y grandes cosas en ellos, sin embargo, aún siguen sin no creer? Hebrews 3:7 says, "Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts." En Hebreos 3 del 7 al 8 dice, "Hoy si oyes su voz, no endurezca su corazón." It's possible to hear the gospel over and over and over and your hearts get hardened to it. Porque podemos estar dando el evangelio a muchos y a muchos y muchas veces y lo, lo que hacen es endurecer su corazón. And just like Jesus, it should make you cry because you know what they're not only missing now, but what they're going to miss in the future y, y if they don't believe. Se, se puso triste. Así también nosotros podemos poner triste porque a veces anunciamos el evangelio y la gente no escucha. And if you looked ahead, if Jesus was looking ahead, he knew that judgment was coming on them. We have a number of people we're praying for right now. What will happen to them if they don't believe? Makes you cry. When we pray for people, have we really cried over them? Cuando oramos por personas, realmente a veces tenemos que clamar fuerte por ellos. Our 21 and 21 that we started at the beginning of the year is a start to having a burden for the people we know that we really cry over their salvation. Y este programa que hemos empezado, 21-21, hemos tenido la responsabilidad por orar por esos, una y otra vez por esos que no creen. If you've been with us on Wednesday, you know we've studied a prophecy about America in the last days. And it touched on what was going to happen in the tribulation. And if we read the news, we see how a one world government is being talked about, one world currency, religion, military, all these things are in the works if we read the news right now. 
Y todas estas cosas que están pasando ahorita en el mundo, gobierno, moneda, líder, religión, está pasando lo que realmente dice en la Biblia. And it scares me to death for the people who are going to be left here. Y me asusta el tan solo pensar por los que se van a tener que quedar aquí. Jesus was crying because he knew their fate. Y por eso Dios lloró por esto, por lo que él miraba lo que iba a pasar. Do we have the heart of Jesus when it comes to thinking about eternity? Tenemos el corazón de Jesús cuando se trata de la eternidad. The very people who were the ones who would later crucify him, he still cared about them. Porque esas mismas personas que eran las que gritaban crucificarlo y aún sin embargo, él mismo se preocupaba por ellos. The Bible says in Romans 5:8, I don't have this, sorry. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you still hated God, just like the ones who were shouting crucify him, God still sacrificed himself for you. Y aún así, por esas mismas personas que necesitaban crucificarlo, aún así Dios no le importó y fue, y fue crucificado por ellos. He cared about the people who were going to crucify him. A él todos. And if he cared about them, how much does he care about you? The good news is the story does not end with the suffering and crucifixion. Hallelujah. Jesus took all the punishment and suffering so that we don't have to. Jesús tomó todo este castigo y sufrimiento para que nosotros no tuviéramos que hacerlo. Because all of us were in the same boat as the people that Jesus was crying over 2,000 years ago. Porque nosotros también estábamos en ese mismo barco cuando estaban esas personas que gritaban crucificarlo. They were destined for physical punishment. Porque ellos estaban dispuestos a tener un castigo físico. And eternal punishment. Y un eterno castigo. Jesus took the punishment and suffering so that we would not have to experience either of those. They and us, we were all destined for hell because Jesus said in that verse 1944, why? Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Y todo eso estaba destinado a ir al infierno, pero como Jesús dijo en ese verso de Lucas 19:44, por cuanto no con, conociste el tiempo de tu visitación. The New Living Translation, I like this version, it says this: Because you have rejected the opportunity that God offered you. De otra versión de la Biblia, de Nueva Vida dice, que me gusta mucho, dice, porque has rechazado la oportunidad que Dios te ofreció. God offers the opportunity to everybody. But you have to be the one who receives it. If I have this Bible here, and I wrap it up, and I say, here is a present for you, you can believe that that's a present. And you can believe that present's for you. But if you leave here without this, 
then that present does you no good. The Bible says, as many as receive him, those he gave the authority to be called children of God. But I think most of us here have accepted the gift. And that's only by the grace of God. Amen. Palm Sunday and Easter is all about accepting God's offer. What's the offer? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For those of us who know Christ, the Bible says the angels rejoice. But if you haven't received the gift, then Jesus is still crying over you. He knows what's coming. And he does not want any to suffer. The Bible says he is long-suffering, not wanting anyone to face judgment, but all to come to repentance. He offers each one of us eternal life if we accept a gift. The question is, do you? And I'm not talking about head knowledge. As we use this gift, you can believe it in your head. You can believe it's here. But you have to believe it here. The Jews who shouted crucify and believed in their heads. But they were not changed by that belief. Most people in the world believe that Jesus existed. Here. But not here. The Bible says, if I can get it right, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you're saved. Because that means if you believe in your heart, that changes you. Believing in your head doesn't change you. And believing in your head doesn't give you eternal life. It's when they make the six inch jump. That, that God changes your life. Before we do communion, I want to offer that chance to each one of you. 
You may have been in church all your life. Maybe this is your very first time in church. The choice is still the same. The Bible says Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. But you have to open the door. Right now, Jesus is outside crying over you. Wanting you to invite him in. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. If you really want a transformed life, and you want Jesus to come into your heart, then that's why you're here today. It's not by accident. No coincidence. God has you here for that purpose. To allow you to accept the gift that he freely offers you. If that's you and you want that gift, I want you to raise your hand real high. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for what you gave up for us. And as we're about to celebrate communion, help our hearts and our minds to be, to be focused on that sacrifice. And this Easter week, help us to remember what it really cost for us to be here. We thank you and we honor you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.